Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages or situations. Some call it insight. Others call it vision. At Pershing, we call it perspective. A perspective you'll benefit from. From a custodian you can rely on. One who can help navigate the big picture. And whose products give you a competitive edge. One who considers everything. What will help you succeed today and tomorrow? Open yourself to a new perspective and open the possibilities. Consider everything. BNY Mellon Pershing. Learn more at pershing.com slash RIA. Pershing Advisor Solutions, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Son of a behind 20 pound short mother from <laughs> somewhere sat in the son of a bitch. It's probably, it's, it's set at man's height and his little legs probably couldn't touch the ground. What the hell? Stay the f- out of my chair. Sit in your damn bus. <laughs> What is up, Raider Nation? Your buddy Murph back once again for an episode of the RFR Rundown, the Raiders fan radio rundown, or the RFRR, as uh, some are so inclined to call it. Uh, I am your host, Murph, and I appreciate you joining me here tonight. Yeah, it's just me because it's uh, I'm all alone in the fan cave after we took a uh, considerable break. We took a couple of weeks off after our RFR annual Fanny Awards, which if you had a chance to see that, hope you enjoyed it. Please uh, check it out if you haven't. You can find that show on youtube.com slash Murph's Fan Cave. That is M-U-R-F-S Fan Cave. You can find it there on the Murph's Fan Cave Network, and uh, we have a lot of fun there doing our live show, which is RFR Live that we do every single week, or now coming up every single week, previously every other week during the offseason. Uh, but check that out when we record those RFR Live episodes. We put them up on the YouTube. Fanny Awards episode was a lot of fun. That's kind of like our... Uh, our way to kind of close out the season. Had a good time with QB Jeff from Dominico's, of course, the one and only Uncle Mosh and my best friend Swag Jeff. Had a good time there doing that. So now we're back this week uh, doing the RFR rundown. We'll be back doing RFR live next week, but just me tonight. You know, and I wanted to... We, t- we took a break, and it's just nice to recharge the batteries and get ready to go before the season starts. But, man, there's so much stuff going on that I wanted to get a show, even though I'm not a huge fan of the podcast selfie. I wanted to get a show out to you guys because there's so much Raider news. There's so much stuff going on. And probably this is going to end up being a two- or even three-parter. Uh, so this is coming to you tonight. Uh, which is Thursday, August 20th. And then uh, we're going to probably do another one tomorrow. Maybe Swag will be here for that one. And then who knows, man, maybe even uh, on on Saturday as well because there's just so much to get to. So anyway, so i got a lot of stuff to get to tonight, a lot of audio to get to tonight to talk a lot about what's going on with the Raiders. Of course, as they started up uh, training camp, we're going to hear from some of the players. We're going to hear a ton from Gruden. And uh, and so appreciate those of you checking in with, with us here in Murph's Fan Cave for the RFR run. Rundown. Please support uh, all the Murph's Fan Cave shows, the Rundown, RFR Conversation, RFR Live, of course, uh, Mondays with Mikey and Murph, 
Tales from the Nation. Please support those in two ways. One is going to the YouTube channel, as I mentioned, which is Murph's Fan Cave. And then also check us out on any podcast service, whether that's Apple, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, you name it. Uh, if there's a podcast service, we exist on it. And so we appreciate you and uh, and supporting us in that way. Hit the subscribe, man. Hit the button. Hit the button as the kids. Where's the? There it is. Just press the damn button, nerd. That's all we ask, man. Just hit the damn button. And when you go to the YouTubes. America, go to the YouTube right now. Yeah, just go there and do the same thing. Hit the button, man. Hit that subscribe. Hit the thumbs up. Give us some love, man. That's all that we ask from you. One more thing to get to, a little housekeeping. For those of you that don't know, I started a nonprofit with our good friend Raider Cody. Uh, we started it just a few weeks ago. The nonprofit is going to be up and running very, very soon. And with that nonprofit, we are going to be in a position to, to benefit a lot of the, the charities that are associated with the Raiders and maybe even otherwise uh, just associated with Raider Nation. But through the fundraising efforts that we had last year with Bulletnikov and already what we've got started this year, uh, with the XOXO Foundation and what Cody did already with the Greater Youth Sports Association, we decided to combine forces, create this nonprofit. So we we, we fu- uh, founded this thing. Uh, it's myself and Cody that are going to co-chair it. Uh, Uncle Mosh will be in on it. Kenny King Jr. will be in on it. And uh, we're not sure who the fifth uh, person that's going to be on our board is. But essentially, um, this is going to be something that we're going to do to, to, again, benefit different charities associated with the Raiders. It's already up and running in terms of like the website. It's onenationfoundation.net. I don't even think I said the name of the thing yet. It's One Nation Foundation. It's just a placeholder website as of right now. But very soon, we're going to have merch. We're going to have you know donation capabilities there. We're going to have all kinds of stuff. All of our links, all that kind of good stuff. Like right now, if you go to RaidersFanRadio.com slash gear and hit, the, hit that link, it will take you to the Fanatics website. And anything you buy there, we get a portion of the money. It's not, it doesn't cost you extra. We just get a kickback from Fanatics, and that's part of the money that we're using to raise. Anyways, you're going to have like all these things all combined in this one website, One Nation Foundation, and then anything that you do from there uh, will contribute to the fund, and then we were going, we're going to give that out throughout the course of the year to different Raider-associated charities. So really, really cool stuff there. Appreciate all of you in the way that you support our shows. And so, yeah, hit the button, uh, hit the subscribe, and support us at OneNationFoundation.net. And, yeah, so let's, let's go and jump into it, man, because, you know. We're running out of time. My life is running out of lifespan. I hear you, Coach, man. We got to get going. So there's so much news to get to tonight. So I got so much stuff to talk to you about. I'm really excited. And, and again, as i don't not a huge fan of the selfie, uh, I still wanted to get out here and, and oh, I just want to talk some Raiders with you. I missed you guys. It's been a couple of weeks uh, since we had a chance to talk. And so it's time to like, you know, get into some, some Raiders talk here. And Uh-oh. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. What is this? Oh, boy. All right. Buckle up. Hey, what's up, Raider Nation? It's your boy Swag Jeff with RFR Live. Coming to you, I am not there right now uh, because, unfortunately, as much as I would like to and I've been working on it, Marcus Mariota does not pay my salary. We are in talks of that because I support his family, so I think he should support mine. Uh, but we are in talks of that. But but until then, uh, I'm actually out on the road doing uh, doing my big boy job today. And uh, But I did want to bring to you a very special episode of Aloha Corner. That's right, and yes, I'm not there, but I'm driving around in my work truck today with a coconut bra on. Try to get that image out of your head, Raider Nation. Anyway, let's talk about our favorite number eight. Let's talk about the one and only flying Hawaiian, Marcus Mariota, with this episode of Aloha Corner. Marcus Mariota went to St. Louis High School in Honolulu, Hawaii, where he was a two-sport athlete. Wow, incredible. Football and track. Uh, he wasn't noticed with football until his senior season because he did not start. Uh, but he was, uh, but he was a six foot four, 190 pound quarterback for the St. Louis Crusaders. And he threw for 2,597 passing yards, uh, for 32 touchdowns, ran for 455 yards for seven touchdowns. He graduated in 2011 and only had two scholarship invitations, uh, Oregon and Memphis. And of course he chores Oregon and the rest is history. Now he gained 30 pounds of Hawaiian muscle before finishing his time in Oregon, uh, where he rolled up to the combine and ran a 4-5-2-40 and was drafted number two overall in the 2015 draft. 
As far as Raider news goes for the Flying Hawaiian, he was called dazzling by Coach Gruden and Swag Jeff, of course. And many believe that his talents will challenge Derek Carr in the 2020 season. That's all I got for Aloha Corner. Go Raiders. This year is going to be a lot different for us. All right, thank you, Swag Jeff. Appreciate you for Aloha Corner. Yeah, I uh, I think we're all going to struggle with the image of Swag Jeff in a coconut bra rolling around in his work truck. I hope that you uh, I hope you, you you leave that in the truck when you go out and make your calls there, buddy, because uh, your customers might get a little freaked out seeing you in the in the in the cocoa bra there. But uh, but anyways, appreciate Swag Jeff uh, calling in. Of course, uh, we miss old Swago uh, for the RFR rundown, uh, but we'll we'll see him back next week for RFR Live or maybe even the next episode of the rundown. All right. Uh, so let's get to some, I hate to call it serious news. Cause you know, we, we take ourselves like so seriously around here. Right. Um, let's get to some of the more like, uh, I don't know, whatever you call it. It's like the real, the real news. They're not us just goofing around the, uh, the real Raider news. Okay. So one of the favorite shows that we have around here is good morning football. And one of our favorite commentators on good morning football is Kyle Brandt. We're big fans of his going back to the days he was on the Jim Rome show and, uh, and, and KB and, and K and Nate and Pete Shregs. They do such a great job on GMFB. And, uh, and we love it when they bring up the Raiders, man. And when they talk about the Raiders, and I think that there's some very poignant comments that got made. Now, since this is kind of part one of the preseason here, we're going to roll through these chronologically as I work through these stories. So again, we're like the most recent thing that just like happened today or like the Tom Flores announcements, things like that. We're going to get to that probably tomorrow uh, or Saturday anyways. But like, but at this part one, we're going to go chronologically. So this is kind of like the early stages of camp. So like when, when camp first broke and the players started showing up, and they started working out and they started, you know, doing the run throughs and all that kind of good stuff. That's kind of like where we're at in the timeline here. So anyways, so going back to good morning football, a lot of commentary on the quarterback. A lot of commentary on Derek Carr. Of course, one of the more popular uh, off-season topics and really what we all feel is a make-it-or-break-it year for Derek. You know, if you're not rooting for him, you're rooting wrong. He's still the quarterback of the Oakland Raiders. Or, uh, listen to that. He's still the quarterback of the Las Vegas Raiders. And despite how you might feel about him and his play at times, we can all be critical of him. I am guilty of that as well he's still our QB, man. He's our starting QBs, QB1. So uh, we don't want him to fail. We want him to do well. We're rooting for him. But that said, there is an expectation level that is riding high. Like the W's need to come. The numbers are great, but the W's need to come. The W's need to show up. And once those W's show up, he'll start quieting the critics because until he does, the critics are right. And so let's get to the GMFB crew. And again, some very poignant comments. And these aren't Raider fans. These are NFL people. These are just kind of overall analysts, so they're not speaking from a position of passion like we do as fans, whether you're a stan or a hater about Derek. So just to understand what the what kind of what where this is coming from. And I think it's very interesting. So let's get to it. Ape, do you think that he can? They added a ton on offense and defense. Yeah, I believe he can. Yeah, they're young on the defensive side of the ball. There's a lot of energy. I know that there isn't fans this season, but the move to the new location, that obviously helps with momentum and trying to prove something. But Derek Carr speaking out like that, I like it. I, li- I like him being a little angry. I like him being a little little ornery. You know, the, the, the fact that he's always had a smile on his face, and I'm not saying he hasn't been this passionate before. I'm not saying he hasn't been this motivated before. All right, let me stop right there. I should have set this up a little bit better. They're responding to what Derek said earlier in camp about him being disrespected. And while we've kind of heard this rhetoric out of Derek before, we as as Raider fans, we've kind of heard this kind of statements and stuff about like, you know, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. 
and but then sometimes the play afterwards doesn't equal what the the claims were or the 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 attitude anyways going in this is what they're responding to so this is that whole notion of Derek being disrespected but it's one thing to behind closed doors feel like you're disrespected it's another thing to say it out loud because now you're telling the world i want you to hold me accountable for the words that are coming out of my mouth i do believe that he needs to be a, a little bit for lack of better words pissed off this season because we have been talking about how much money he makes and how he's surrounded by talent and how they haven't fulfilled expectations this year is the ultimate prove it year Derek Carr couldn't have said any better he said I wanted to play because I have a lot to prove well said Derek I, I, I would love to know where this criticism is coming from. I, I can't think of a player who has more apologists in the league than Derek Carr because oh. he's a nice guy oh. and he's sort of NFL royalty in his own way. Like, I would also ask this, though. Is there a more bleep or get off the pot player in the entire league than Derek Carr? Like, listen, Come I on, understand, Kyle. you know, it's been tough and you don't have the good teams around you and all that. The good ones win. You know, Aaron Rodgers, they fired his head coach. They never drafted him a first-round wide receiver, and there he is in the title game. The good ones win. I don't want to hear coordinator talk. I don't want to hear you don't have this, you don't have that. Here's what you have. They got Trent Brown for you. They got Colton Miller for you. They got Ruggs. They got Tyrell Williams. They get the running back. They even tried to bring in Antonio Brown. Like, woe is me, Derek Carr. I got a pretty good gig. And they brought in a Super Bowl-winning head coach, and they pay you all the money in the world. So, sure, there's circumstances that are tough. But if you want to get into that floundering, let's just call it the Matt Stafford zone, where there's always a million excuses why you don't win, I don't think you want to go there. This is the season you need to win. New town, new everything. I don't know who your critics are, but if you don't win this year, they're right. Boom. Kyle, I mean, I heard that. Go ahead. It, it blew me away. I, I, I'm surprised to hear him talk like that, because usually it's this all shucks thing. Look, there's a show that I love called Mad Men been watching it for years and there's a famous scene mm -hmm. where Peggy who works with Don Draper who's the boss goes up and she gives this great idea and the team wins an award and Don Draper goes up and accepts the Clio award and says thank you for this thank you for this and doesn't mention Peggy's name she's outraged and afterwards Don says what's wrong she goes, she goes I, I, you know I just wanted some credit he goes I give you money you give me ideas. And she says, but you never say thank you. Mm. And he looks at her in the face and says, that's what the money's for. $100 million. Mm. That is what. That is all the That is all the positive praise you need. They're paying you $100 million. $125. To say that you feel disrespected. I mean, you can't say it to your organization. That's what the money's for. You don't, you don't, they don't do that and then also have to give you positive praise in the media. You don't also get... Uh, a pat on the back every time you have a good statistical season. No, the money is for the work. That is the money. You, disrespected, you've never started a playoff game in your career and we're entering year five. So I, I don't feel like it's warranted to say that. Look, he could have all the chips on the shoulders he wants. It's not like he's Dak Prescott who never got that payment from the team. It's not like he hasn't seen the big paycheck. I hate to be so harsh, and I know that we don't want to talk about other people's money. That's what the money's for. Now go and win those games and pay it back and show why you do it. You don't need to be positively praised on the back. They pay you. That's what the job mm. is. Amen. I could not agree with, 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 with Peter Moore. And, and, you know, my own personal life, I'm in a sales environment quite a bit. And, you know, we talk about that a lot amongst my own peers is that I don't need attaboys. I want to check. Like, you want to thank me? You want to tell me what a great job I'm doing? write a check. Well, Derek Carr got the check. So now what are you doing? Now, what's the work, Derek? The work is W's. The work isn't stats. And so put the W's down, get the playoff wins under your belt, get those things done. And then this quote disrespect goes away. Cause I'm with them. Like attaboys are nice. We all love to be told that we're great and we're doing a good job and we're all doing that. But like, what, what, what is, what is the, the compensation? You know what I mean? Like, 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 I'll get here. I'll, I'll relate it to the to the podcast world here. Like, I love it when people give us compliments. I love it, and and you guys, our listening audience, are so gracious with your compliments to us. And those are like wonderful things, and it reinforces that we're kind of headed the right directions. We're doing good things creatively. But ultimately, if our subscriptions don't grow, if ultimately if our listening audience doesn't grow, if we're just staying stagnant and we don't ever grow from it, well, then those things are great and those things are wonderful. And the, but like, what other gauge would we have that we're doing the right thing? It's all about the numbers. How do the numbers reflect? Well, it's not stats, it's wins. And like a win for us is every time you hit that button, every time you hit that thumbs up, it's a W for us. 
Derek Carr's got to put up more W's. And I know I'm kind of getting a little abstract in my comparison here, but you guys get the idea, though, is that win, just win, just win, baby. It's literally the freaking slogan of the organization. Just win, and all this other stuff goes away. You don't need to be loved by us. You don't need to be loved by me. I'm a freaking podcaster. I live in, in, in a freaking middle Tennessee, and I'm doing this show for my bonus room. What the hell does he care what my opinion is? It doesn't matter, and I'm not disrespectful, but if I was, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. You hear that from us all the time too, right? But it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I tell you, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Like, it just doesn't matter. Just pay me and I'll be fine. Put up the W's, do the work, Derek. Let's go, man. And and he mentioned Mad Men. That whole idea of just pay me reminded me of one of my favorite movies. Now the guy's got to come up with Paulie's money every week, no matter what. Business bad? Pay me. Oh, you had a fire? Pay me. Place got hit by lightning, huh? Pay me. Hey, what's up? It's Brockman from The Rich Eisen Show. And it's Del Tupo from The Rich Eisen Show. You're listening to Murph and Mosh on Raiders Fan Radio. Radio. Yes! All right, next up here in the RFR rundown, we're going to jump in and hear from the coach. So we're going to hear from uh, Coach Gruden, and he's got some stuff to say on, of course, the new stadium uh, and, and, and the COVID restrictions and kind of what they're doing as a team to counter that. And before we get into that, oh, let me say this, man. This is something that's kind of on in my, in my craw, as Mosh would say. This is kind of my craw. It's kind of bugging me a little bit about what's going on with the whole I mean, there's lots of things about COVID that bugs all of us, but uh, and stay. hope you're staying safe out there. But here's what I got. In terms of the games, the whole idea that there's not an overall regulation kind of sounds like, whatever, I want to get the polit- political aspects of it. But when you let the teams decide for themselves, you get a variance of methodology to how they're going to go about their seasons. So you have some teams, like our team, that says no fans. Then you have some teams, like the Chiefs, that say we're going to have 18,000 people in the stadium, socially distanced. Well, even though it's only 18,000 people, that's still a home crowd. That's still an advantage. How in the heck does the NFL endorse that some teams get to have fans and some teams don't? Now, granted, I'm a little sensitive to this because, oh, I don't know, we got a brand new freaking stadium for the first time ever and no one can sit in it and our arch rival defending Super Bowl champion Kermit the Frog endorsing freaking stupid Chiefs are going to have fans in the stands. That What the heck, man? Like, can we not get this figured out, NFL? Can we not understand that there's a competitive advantage when you have freaking fans in the stands, even according to our good buddy Will Compton, who... Murph, Swag, Jeff, and who's the third guy? That Will Compton said, like, there's a difference when having fans in the stands. Like, it's going to lead to different calls, different, you know... coaching signals different verbiage different all that kind of stuff so this whole idea of like not having a a, a level playing field to have some fans and some that's so stupid like come on man like either tell us nfl like okay we're every you know whatever stadium is either gonna have no fans or you're gonna have like a minimum of ten thousand, no more than 20 or what it doesn't matter what it is it just doesn't matter it doesn't matter what the number is but the number has to be consistent across 32 teams footprint otherwise it's a competitive advantage for one team or the other come on man like I know I'm just a podcaster in my bonus room, but even I can understand that. Why the hell Roger Goodell and the Players Association and everybody else associated with this billion-dollar organization can't figure out the idea that, look, man, you should have a level playing field. It's ridiculous to me. Anyways, let's go to Coach Gruden and hear him talk about the stadium and COVID. Hey, John, I know it's the uh, the ramp-up period. What's your philosophy on how fast you can ramp these guys up and get them, get them ready to go? Well, we're going to do what the rules allow us to do. Right now, uh, 
our idea of ramping them up is uh, teaching them the system, having a lot of uh, walkthroughs, and then our strength and conditioning coach is, is really in charge of uh, ramping them up physically in the weight room and with speed and, and conditioning work. Uh, the ramp up phase will graduate next week and then the following week and uh, hopefully uh, we'll see some benefits along the way. John, I know it's just been a walkthrough situation so far, but um, the young guys, Henry Ruggs and Lynn Bowden Jr. and Brian Edwards, um, you know, Greg Olson and, and Derek Har have talked pretty highly of those guys. Uh, from your perspective, um, what have you seen so far on the young guys? Well, they're learning the system. You know, again, this is a walkthrough. Uh, we're having a lot of reps, a lot of situations. We're putting through, putting in a lot of stuff every day to try to fast track their knowledge of our system on both sides of the ball. But uh, so far, so good. But until you see bump and run coverage and you put pads on and you catch a crossing route with guys breathing down your neck, it's a tough evaluation. But so far, we like what we see, but that's about it. John, what, what sort of contingencies are you putting in place um, in terms of coaching staff with COVID, whether you might be without a coach for a week or two or in terms of game day? Do you guys have some contingencies you built in? Yeah, we've split our coaching staff into uh, two groups. We have two uh, two fields working at the same time. We change the players and the coaches every day, so uh, everybody gets a chance to interact with one another. We've got a lot of depth on this staff, a lot of young coaches that are on the rise. Uh, so we uh, are preparing for any contingency plans that, that could come up. John, you talked a lot about the fans and the city and that stadium, and this week uh, um, Mark Davis had to make, this, you know, obviously, the disappointing announcement that there are no fans this year in Allegiant Stadium. Just how disappointing is that? And I guess, I mean, when you think about it, probably the right thing to do going forward, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's disappointing for all of sports, honestly. Certainly, uh, you see that stadium, you want to go in there and you want to just cut it loose with your with your new fan base. And it is disappointing, but we're not we're not the only team that feels that we're, we're doing what we feel is right for the safety and the health of everybody. And um, hopefully we beat this virus soon and we can get back to normal. Hey, man, coach, man, you know, it's it's just it is it's disappointing. And, you know, there's so many of us that are going to be in Vegas and like, you know, we're going to be hanging out. We're going to be hanging out stage door. We're going to be hanging out the link. We're going to be hanging out, you know, wherever, watching football, hanging out together, and we're going to be in these social environments. I mean, we just came home, Swag and Mosh and I just came home from the casinos in, in Mississippi, which are, and, and, you know, it may sound, sound podunk to you, but it's actually this big gaming city and these big casinos, and uh, it's the closest thing you can get to a Nevada experience, you know, especially where we live. And, um, you know, and everything everybody's taking precautions you know casino floors are full everyone's got masks on you're socially distanced you can only do certain things at certain times uh security is enforcing you know the the appropriate behavior vegas is doing the same thing and and so that whole idea that you're gonna you can do these things these quote gatherings in these other areas but we can't do it for a football game like i just it just you know and i know and i and i hope i'm speaking for many of you it just breaks our heart man it's like we finally got the stadium. We finally got a state-of-the-art facility and this. It's just like, oh, my gosh, man. It's, it's absolutely crazy. So, uh, anyways, though, but I appreciate what the Raiders are doing. I believe to date, knocking on wood because I'm with you, John, if you can hear that. I believe that to date, the Raiders still do not have one single case of COVID uh, on the team. And so we will continue to, uh, to trust what they're doing, the protocols that are in place, and that uh, no one on the team will get it. But it sounds like... You know, the, but they might, you know, I mean, heck, I mean, it's such a freaking widespread thing. And so we just hope that they handle that appropriately should someone get it. So, but the Raiders are doing the right thing, man. They're the good side of having a highly functional organization nowadays. You're listening to Raiders Fan Radio with the real star of the show, Little Murph, and my sidekick, Uncle Mosh. There used to be a third guy, too, but I kick him out. All right, so next up here, let's go back to the NFL Network. This time, we're going to get into the afternoon show, uh, the training camp live, which uh, is Andrew Siciliano, and, uh, and, and, and actually, it's kind of like a whole roundtable of a bunch of different people. But in this case, it's Andrew Siciliano, and it's Charlie Casserly, uh, former general manager of the Washington Redskins. 
and uh, and they're going to talk a little bit about the Raiders, uh, kind of an overall, um, a little bit of, of Derek Carr, but really kind of the overall expectations of the Raiders in general. Is this team a playoff team? Yeah, their, their number one objective was to uh, get more explosive on offense, uh, and, and they did that. Henry Ruggs comes over in the first round. He's a speed receiver. Why is he important? He opens up the coverage. He takes the safety out of the box that helps the running game more. Then Lynn Bowden in the third round. Punt returner, explosive, dynamic, out of the backfield, a mismatch for linebackers. So two guys there help him on offense. You already got Darrell Waller at tight end. You got Josh Jacobs at running back, okay, and Tyrell Williams at wide receiver. Now the key will be Derek Carr, third year in the offense. He's got to be able to make more plays downfield. That's the whole big picture to get playmakers in there, more explosive plays downfield. That's going to be what they're expecting out of Derek Carr. They got talent on offense now. You think they're a playoff team, Charlie? Not quite there yet, and I'll tell you why. Yeah, Corey Littleton's going to help the linebackers in pass coverage. They got better at safety. The run defense isn't bad. They got a nickel corner, but here's the problem. They got one pass rusher, Max Crosby. Now, they brought in Rod Marinelli from Dallas, who has developed pass rushers. Cleveland Farrell. Will he- F to the E to the R to the R to the E to the L to the L. It ain't Furl. He come along. Maurice Hurst, will he come along? Malik Collins, those are guys that have to come along. The problem is at cornerback right now. You got two guys there, second-year player, Trayvon Mullen. He's a strider. What's that mean? He has trouble changing directions, and he's a grabber. What's that mean? Penalties. First-round pick, Damon Arnett. Some people question his speed. I didn't, but he was a penalized guy. So the problem is you still have a question of the issue. People throwing the ball, having time, and the court is defending. They got enough talent on offense to be a playoff team. Defensively, I'm not sure they're quite there yet. I still think in the division, they're behind the Chargers, obviously Kansas hey. City, and I think ah. they're even with Denver. Ah, Charlie. Gosh dang it. I was with I was so with Charlie there for a minute. You keep, did you hear the end of that? Sorry, I was yelling. Sure, they're quite there yet. I still think in the division, they're behind the Chargers, obviously Kansas City, and I think they're even with Denver. Oh, my gosh. Behind the Chargers, clearly Kansas City, and even with Denver. Come on, Charlie. I, I, are we? Oh, my gosh. What are you talking about? Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your skull? Hey, Raider Nation, this is Max Crosby from the Oakland Raiders. And goes down, and Max Crosby, who forced a fumble last week. You're listening to Murph, Mosh, and Swag Jeff on Raiders Fan Radio. Thank you so much. Just win, baby. All right, Charlie's, you know, he's getting up there a little bit. He might be a little bit out of his mind, out of his skull. Yeah, come on. I mean, you know, look, I while I, I don't disparage the comment about you know, look, they're not quite a playoff team. I think that's fair, especially when you look at our schedule, guys. Our schedule is rough to get to get, to get going here. And, you know, we're going to know quick. I mean, if we come out of this opening stretch, uh, you know, with even record, what are we? We got five games before the bye. If we come out of that three and two or any winning, you know, three and two or, or, or better, we're probably not in bad shape. Even, I hate to say two and three, but like, Depends, I guess, who the who those wins are against. But when you look at it, it's really tough. So um, we're gonna know early on whether we're a playoff team or not. I I I got us. I oh, it's probably those first five games. Like really, like I mean, of course, any team can get hot. Any team can get on a streak. But really, definitively, if we don't come out of those first five really strong in terms of record. Man, it's going to be a way uphill climb, you know. So I mean, we can always get hot late, and I I get all that, but really, I think that that first five games is going to define our season. Man, I hate that that the first third of the season is where it's at. But those are big, big games, man. Traveling to the East Coast, you know, big games at home, home opener, you know, Saints, Carolina, you know, the Chiefs. I mean, it's just that's a lot, man. There's a lot of big games in there. So let's let's uh, let's let's hope for the best here. So, anyways, uh, all right, let's uh, let's get into. So, speaking of those playoff chances, so speaking of this whole notion of like, can we make it? Uh, PFF Pro Football Focus they do a lot of really cool analysis. They're all about the numbers. They're all about the analytics. They're all about breaking down everything. And while I'm not a full subscriber to 
analytics because analytics don't measure heart analytics don't measure desire and coaching and like you know uh, adjustments and flexibility and strategy and you know the analytics don't measure that you're talking about taking previous examples of history and then forecasting what that's going to tell you in terms of the the coming seasons so i think that there's a little bit of a variable in there that can't be accounted for because we're human beings and uh but I still, it's interesting though. When you look at like the trajectory, like I'm all about trends too. And like, you know, you got to understand history to know what your future is. So I think that there is something to be said for that. Like I just got done talking about playing on the East coast. Like we suck on the East coast. We suck in the Eastern time zone, let alone when we, when we actually play in cities that are coastal, like it's awful. Like, so, you know, there's history involved there. Now that said, as a famously said, the dice have no memory. Like the dice don't know what they rolled. They didn't know that they were a seven the last round. They didn't know that they were an 11. They didn't know they were a craps. They didn't, the dice have no memory. It's a brand new roll every single time. So the Raiders have no memory in terms of what happened in the past, but you can look at analytics and maybe get an idea of, of at least a trend or, or, or you know, a, a consistency in what, what they're going to do in the future. So, Oh gosh, man, <laughs> I'm all over the place tonight. This is what happens when Mosh isn't around to yell at me. Because right now he'd be saying this. Will you stifle yourself? Yes, sir. All you need to become an instant success in Las Vegas is a little bit of luck. And the Raiders are hoping that the third year is the charm for Coach Gruden, Derek Carr, and the rest of the Oakland transplants. Last season, the Raiders' offense was not the most glaring issue. Derek Carr's PFF grade of 80 ranked 11th during the regular season, and the Raiders gained nearly six yards per play on offense, good for sixth highest in the league. That doesn't mean there isn't need for improvement. Carr completed just 78 throws to targets 10 or more yards downfield, the seventh fewest total, and his grade from a clean pocket ranked just 15th. The addition of first-round pick Henry Ruggs, who earned PFS number one athleticism score in the entire wide receiving class, should really make a big difference. But the real need for change comes on the other side of the ball, where Cleveland Farrell didn't quite live up to that high draft selection. The Raiders were the worst defense in the NFL on a per-play basis last season. Worse than even the Dolphins, who seemed to be playing with 10 men for a good chunk of the season. The Raiders were called for 68 penalties on defense last season. The only defense to clear 60. And the biggest culprit was the coverage unit, which altogether earned a PFF grade of just 47, ranking 28th in the NFL. Opposing QBs routinely picked on the weak linebackers racking up a pass rating of 122 when targeting them in coverage, the highest mark of any linebacking core. The Raiders made it to the playoffs in 34% of PFS 10,000 simulations, just a hair behind everyone's darling Denver Broncos. To realize those chances, it will require some pass coverage, or else season number three will come up snake eyes for Coach Chucky and company. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Hey, this is Pete Koch, former Los Angeles Raider. Yeah, back in the old days, baby. And you're listening to Murph and Uncle Mosh, who happens to have the same hair as me. Check it out. Raiders Fan Radio. All right, let's get into some of the player uh, interviews that went on. Uh, in the opening weeks here of the uh, of training camp. And, uh, you know, one of the things that was really interesting in terms of the Raiders offseason, you know, we did so much in terms of acquisitions, uh, in terms of, of draft, obviously. And it, it was pretty exciting offseason, man. This has been a lot of fun. And one of the but one of the more interesting ones, I would say, in terms of the free agent signings was Jason Witten. Um, you know, knowing that we already had an absolute rock star and Darren Waller, literal rock star now, if you look at his music career, uh, uh, with Darren Waller. And, you know, uh, Foster Moreau, no joke, you know, playing, uh, coming back from a little bit of an injury, um, but really played well. Um, and then, so then they bring in Jason Witten, and a lot of the talk was, well, why would we bring this guy in? And, 
so much of our opinion was, well, this wasn't an on the field always signing that this is a guy that can provide leadership in the locker room. This is a guy that can provide, you know, additional leadership for the team that one of the things that just my opinion, I don't know anything I'm a podcaster, in my bonus room. One of the things that Derek has struggled with, although he's a good leader and a good man, he struggled with a little bit of the leadership role in terms of like, if it's just him, of course, we know Rodney Hudson is a big leader on this team, but there has not been a lot of share of responsibility in terms of leadership of the organization. A lot of it has fallen square on Derek's shoulders. Bringing Jason Witten on was a move to help disperse that a little bit. You're talking about a guy that's really, I mean, he's a made man. He's a future Hall of Famer. This is a guy that's going to walk into Canton five years after he retires. So he is going to be able to shoulder a lot of that responsibility that would fall, you know, on Derek. And so this will allow Derek to focus on being a quarterback and to just kind of stay singular in focus. And of course, he's still going to be a leader. Those things are still going to exist in him and with the team. But a guy like Jason Witten can really take over a lot of that responsibility that players will look up to him. Players will, and let alone the players in the tight end room. And so, you know, when you have someone like Darren Waller and Foster Moreau, who are young players, even Derek Carrier, still relatively young players, guys that are just getting up and running, what better guy to have in that room than someone like Jason Witten? So that was what we speculated and just kind of, you know, talked about in terms of the signing. Well, now here we go. This Here we got Darren Waller kind of confirming all of that notion, not to mention it sounds like Witten's still got something in the tank. The one thing that is impressive to me is I don't think anybody gets off on a snap as quickly as he does. Like, he's usually the first one to five yards. Like, he'll be, like, quicker than receivers, like, in the first five yards. And I feel like that is something that I need to improve on because my get-off needs work for sure. And just by being around him, like, you know, it, it kind of gets me in the world. It's like, I want to get off the ball like him. And, um, but, yeah, he always has suggestions. Uh, he's always an open book. Uh, he's always asking us questions about the offense. And then in return, as he learns more, he's helping us with uh, – what we see and things we can do different. So uh, Jason's already, you know, been an outstanding help. Wish we could have been able to be with him in person, uh, you know, every day, like with, like with a normal off season. But I mean, I can't ask for much more than what he's doing for us right now. I love that. I love how he's talking about how quick he's off the ball. Cause you know what? That's that screams to me, red zone, right? Where has, has Derek struggled? Red zone. Where has the team struggled? Red zone. Like, we got to score points in the what? Red zone. Like, we've got to do that. And so having a guy that, you know, he's not going to freaking sprint downfield, right? We don't need him to. That's Waller. Jason Witten can get open in, in short space, create separation, and then create opportunities for Derek Carr in the red zone. And we can score points because that's what we need to do, right? Well, how's that for analysis? That's what you get from us here at Raiders Fan Radio. What do the Raiders need to do more of? score points gosh i'm telling you it's amazing you guys stick in with us for this long all right let's go to uh, uh another player and hear him talk about another player and that is hunter renfro and hear him talk about the wide receiving core mainly henry ruggs and brian edwards who is oh my gosh this is freaking cool man i'm so stoked to see what these two guys are going to do like our wide receiver core is badass and so anyways let's hear renfro talk about the wide receivers uh and uh, his teammate wide receivers and also his quarterback Derek Carr. it's been so impressive to watch them watch them play honestly i feel like last year i was messing up a, a route or a, or just a concept every other play and you barely have any with them. Just the intelligence that they're bringing, it, it really has been very impressive. Whether it's a freshman coming in in college or I guess my second training camp watching rookies come in, I mean, they're they're two of the best I've ever seen between Brian and Henry for sure. And and for me, just the fundamental side of it for them, uh, that's been what's been most impressive. Being able to be comfortable with uh, getting lined up right and the play call, being able to process it fast because we go fast. Derek's very smart and he likes to keep people on their toes, but to be able to work some technique in with it. There's not a better quarterback out there than Derek. It's been cool just to just to have a friend like that. And as a leader, first off, just how he commands the attention of, of the whole team, what he does for everybody. There's nobody else in the world I'd rather have. And, and he has what it takes. And it's going to be awesome to, to go prove that this year. I love to hear that. You love to hear the endorsement from one of the, from one of the wide receivers about Derek Carr. And, 
You know, and that's the thing, man. Derek always looks great <laughs> in preseason, man. He does, or, or in training camp anyways. Like, he's a very talented quarterback. Like, there's no doubt. And, like, you know, and, and that's one of the things that, it, and I'm going to get the focus back on the wide receivers here, but, um, you know, Derek's talented. Like, he's got all the talent in the world. It just hasn't manifested in those Ws yet. So, anyways, we'll, we'll hopefully see that. But let's let's talk a little bit about those wide receivers, man. How, listen, how excited are you? Cause I am. So, I mean, and I'm a Raider fan and I would think that you should be excited about this too. How excited are you, man, for the wide receiver core? Like it's really freaking good. Like when you look at what all these guys do, they all do something very unique. And so you have like Tyrell Williams is kind of like the overall Tyrell Williams is fast. He's big. He can high point a football, right? He can, you know, create separation. He runs good routes. Like he's kind of like, kind of like your overall guy, right? And then you got Renfro. Renfro's like your, you know, sit down underneath, you know, run to the sticks, catch a pass, fall down. Like, not fall down, but like, you know what I mean? Like very much like that possession quote, possession receiver, right? So he's very definitive in his role. And not that he can't split safeties, San Diego Chargers, and take off to the house. But you get what I'm saying, though. For, like, what his forte is, is that, like, you know, converting the big third down. When we got a third and seven, he's the guy to run the eight-yard route and freaking, you know what I mean, and move the sticks. Then you got Henry Ruggs, who is a freaking lightning bolt, man. Like, this guy, I'm so excited to see how explosive our offense becomes with Josh Jacobs and Henry Ruggs, those guys in particular, because of those are our home run hitters. Those are the two guys that every time they touch the ball have a chance to take it to the house. And that's exciting to me. You know, we, we talk a lot about going to the casino around here. There's nothing more exciting than the potential for a jackpot. It's one thing to grind out blackjack hands at five, 10, 15, $25 a hand, whatever it is that you choose to play. It's one thing to sit there and grind out blackjack hands and grind out first hands, like, like, you know, uh, first downs like Hunter Renfro. But Al Davis famously said, I'm not into first downs. I'm into touchdowns. Well, the two guys on this team that have the capability to score touchdowns every single time they touch the ball is Josh Jacobs and Henry Ruggs. So whether it's on slants or whether that's going deep, whatever that may be, Ruggs has that explosiveness, and that's going to be freaking amazing to watch. Then what else do we got? Brian Edwards, the ultimate possession receiver, the guy with vice grips for hands. I mentioned how Williams can high point a football. I don't think a lot like Brian Williams can. Derek Carr miss, missed and misses Michael Crabtree way more than he misses Amari Cooper. I would argue that Derek Carr misses Michael Crabtree more than he's missed any other player throughout the, his entire history. He was best when Michael Crabtree, Andre Holmes were on that team. Why? Because they were big. They would high point the football. He would trust them to go get it. Go look at all the t- touchdowns thrown in 2016 by Derek Carr. Who were they to? Jared Cook, Michael Crabtree, Andre Holmes. Big guys, he could trust them. They would go get the football. He would bully people to the football. That's what Brian Edwards is going to do. He's going to bully people to the football. And so when you got guys like him and now Witten that are going to be red zone targets, like all these guys do something completely different. Oh, yeah, Zay Jones is fast too. Oh, yeah, we got Nelson Aguilar. Like, oh, yeah, like what the crap, man? Like our wide receiver core is deep, man. I'm so stoked, you guys. Uh, Man, this this is going to be a lot of fun. What's up, Raider Nation? It's your boy, Will Compton. You're listening to Raiders Fan Radio with my boys Murph, Swaggy Jeff, and Uncle Mosh. Tune in because they f***ing put out a banger podcast. Yeah, we do. All right, appreciate you, Will. And uh, yeah, man, check out uh, our, our buddy, Will Compton, and the Bustin' with the Boys podcast. And when you do, tell me because you heard him here on, on Murph's Fan Cave on Raiders Fan Radio. Appreciate that. All right, uh, let's go one more. And then we'll get out of here for tonight. And I'm going to be back tomorrow, man. If you guys can't tell, I'm fired up to talk some Raiders football, man. I'm, I'm pretty juiced about this stuff. And I can't wait to get my boy Swaggy Jeff and Uncle Mosh back in here to talk more about it. Um, but, man, we got, we got so much more to get to uh, and can't wait to do more. In the meantime, we're going to get one more story. And uh, this one is a little more lengthy of an audio clip uh, compared to the, some of the others you've heard tonight. And the reason why is that this is the first day in pads. You know, uh, 
So much of the NFL offseason nowadays is restricted anyways, just by the collective bargaining agreement and the amount of contact they can have and all that kind of stuff, uh, let alone COVID. So the whole idea of training camp, it just looks completely different than it has in the past. So when we finally get to see players in pads, and you, you know, it's one thing to watch guys run drills in basketball shorts. When you see them run drills in pads, it's a whole different story. And, you know, like guys like Damon Arnett, you know, have really showed up since they've been in padded practices. You know, the, any of the questions that were around his speed, you guys see him, he's keeping up with rugs. And granted, there's been a couple balls that were maybe underthrown or whatever, but point being is he's able to run with Henry Ruggs. That game speed when you're in pads is different than when you're running at the combine or you're running at a pro day or, you know, early stages of training camp. So great stuff from the Raiders early on here in training camp. Great stuff to hear from coach in terms of their first day in pads. And so again, a little lengthy soundbite here, but let's dig into it and hear from coach Gruden on their first day. Hey, John, it's Deshaun Reed from The Athletic. Um, with Rod Smith coming back today, you guys at the moment don't have any players on that reserve COVID-19 list. How do you feel about the guys, the job that you guys have done to help ward off that virus and avoid guys contracting? I don't underestimate the virus, so we're, you know, we're happy that we're doing all right right now, but we got a long way to go. Uh, I don't want to underestimate the enemy, and again, we're, we're, uh, we're trying to crush it. We're trying to beat it down, so I'll just leave it at that. Hey, John, uh, video with the Las Vegas Review Journal. I know it was only day one in pads, but um, it looked like Cleve Farrell, uh, the physical presence that he brings uh, is pretty apparent this year, going from last year to this year. Are you noticing that, um, you know, the body change and, and what and, and the lean forward that he's made? F to the E to the R to the R to the E to the L to the L. It ain't Farrell. We think he's a good player. I mean, he's he wasn't a weakling last year. He's, he's a good player. Um, I think Rod Marinelli has really uh, helped all of our defensive line in terms of the details and the effort and um, the preparation is is unique. And um, he's playing with great confidence now. He's doing a couple different things. He's going inside, outside, and so far so good. But we got a long way to go. Hey, John, this is Vic, uh, two-parter. What can you tell us about uh, Sam Young? What do you like about him so far? And any update on, uh, on Trent? Uh, Trent, uh, again, he should be out in, in a few days. Um, but Sam Young is a is a salty veteran. He's an experienced swing tackle. He's played tight end at times. He's uh, he's a pro football player, and he's going to compete for the third tackle job. And right now, he's he's uh, making a, a good impression. Hi, John. Uh, Levi Damian from USA Today. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on the stage where the Raiders are right now. In the because I know it's been accelerated. Basically, every few days, they're jumping to the next. You know, stage and things, and how you're, you're how you feel about the, um, the first day in pads in particular. Feel pretty good. You know, I, I don't know what you saw today or what your you know take was, but it's pretty good. I'm really impressed with Carr. He's throwing the ball great. He's got great command. I think we're a lot faster on defense, but we we've we've got a long way to go in our evaluation. But so far, uh, there's a lot to like and be excited about. Hey, John, I know they've been limited in how physical they can be, um, even with pads coming on today, but what have you thought about some of the young members in your secondary and how they've done, Abram, Arnett, and some of the guys like that? Oh, we got to look at it carefully. You know, it is nice to play in pads. We are going to play these games in pads. We can only have so many walkthroughs. And pads is going to be a, a deciding factor in who starts, who makes the team. We're going to have to stage some live drills at some point. We're not having any preseason games. Uh, we got to see people tackle in one-on-one -on -one situations, and that evaluation uh, is a long way off, but we'll see it hopefully within the next 10 days. John, what did you know about Rod Marinelli before you got to Tampa, and what is it about him that is, is obviously um, holds him, why you hold him in such high regard? Uh, coaches know uh, coaches. You know, when you go to the combine, um, you're always – looking around for the next guy you'd like to hire or who you want to be like or who's really good, whose film can I get to study. And um, when I was coaching the Raiders previously, he was in Tampa with Coach Dungy and Monty Kiffin and that crowd. And I lived in Tampa, so I became very familiar with him. And when I got traded or fired or whatever it was to Tampa, I was fortunate enough to keep him and let him be our defensive line coach. I'm happy to have done my best recruiting job of all time to keep him in Tampa. He's a great coach. He's um, all business, 
He's tough as hell. Uh, he doesn't give in to, to tough times. He's uh, old school, and uh, he's also uh, at, on the cutting edge every year in terms of how to rush the passer and play defensive line. Okay, great. Thank you, Coach. Hey, have a good day. Nobody enjoyed a good Donnybrook more than sixth-year linebacker Phil Villapiano. This is Phil Villapiano, and you're listening to Raiders Fan Radio. All right, I appreciate all of you joining us here again tonight for the RFR Rundown. Check us out, Murph's Fan Cave, uh, on any podcast service, and, of course, on the YouTubes. America, go to the YouTube right now. That is YouTube.com slash Murph's Fan Cave. Hit the button, subscribe, please, and support what we do here at Raiders Fan Radio. All right, uh, uh, so we're going to have another RFR Rundown coming tomorrow, uh, so look forward to that. We're going to hopefully hear from... Our buddy Pete Koch soon. Um, Pete Koch, you know, of course, famous actor, uh, former Raider, played the Swede in Heartbreak Ridge. He is uh, in all kinds of commercials nowadays and iPhone and keg jewelers and all kinds of stuff. Uh, But Pete is a fitness expert as well. And that's really where he's... um, you know, aside from his acting career, that's kind of like his day job is training, you know, Topher Grace and Benicio Del Toro and a whole bunch of people in Hollywood. And uh, so we're, I want to get Pete on. Normally, we would talk to Pete about his experience at Alumni Weekend that the Raiders would host every week in that opening uh, week or so of training camp. Um, but since they're not doing that this year because of COVID, I want to talk to Pete about the strength and conditioning aspect. I want to, cause that's very interesting to me that with a lack of the preseason, the lack of workouts and things that are already limited because of the collective bargaining agreement, you know, we already see rookies that kind of get hurt early on and like players that get hurt early on just because of the normal rigors of it, let alone now with this. So I want to talk to him about that. He's got a very, you know, talk about an expert when it comes to fitness and health and well-being and, I mean, strength and conditioning. I mean, Pete is the absolute man. So hopefully we'll get Pete on here soon and you'll be able to hear from us on that. So that will be upcoming soon. Look for that and probably an RFR conversation. Uh, But again, thanks uh, thanks to you that have joined us here tonight. I got one more thing to get to. It's kind of a Raiders in pop culture, but it's kind of not. You know, there has been a limited amount of sports that have gone on lately. Thankfully, NBA's up and running, baseball's up and running, and PGA's up and running. And so the PGA uh, championship that was played uh, just not long ago, one of the big players in it was Tiger Woods. And Tiger Woods, for those of you that don't know, is a huge Raider fan. And so during one of his tee-offs, as he's walking then uh, off after, after a tee, uh, you could hear somebody in the gallery. There wasn't a ton of people in the gallery because of social distancing and whatnot, but there was somebody in the gallery that gave him a shout and, uh, and some, of some encouragement, and this is what it sounded like. He does love the Raiders. <laughs> That's great, man. I love it. You hear the guy go, it's the best, man. So, uh, yeah, the good stuff there. I don't know who that guy was, man, but kudos to you, man, for shouting it out there in the uh, the PGA Championship. All right. Uh, thank you again for those of you that joined uh, me here tonight for this podcast selfie. Selfie. Gosh, bless it. For this podcast selfie. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, lots to get to this upcoming week, man. In terms of Raider news, there's so much out there. So much more I want to talk to you guys about, but we're going to get to it probably tomorrow night. Hopefully Swag Jeff will be back in here and uh, and we can dig into, uh, we might even do it live. Who knows? We'll see what goes on here. But anyways, appreciate you. Thank you for all the support you give us, all the love you get us. Get us. Gosh, I can't talk all of a sudden. All right, go Raiders. Go back. RaidersFanRadio.com slash gear. Buy something. That's great, man. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. 
and complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance, which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages situations. Some call it insight. Others call it vision. At Pershing, we call it perspective. A perspective you'll benefit from, from a custodian you can rely on. One who can help navigate the big picture and whose products give you a competitive edge. One who considers everything. What will help you succeed today and tomorrow? Open yourself to a new perspective and open the possibilities. Consider everything. BNY Mellon Pershing. Learn more at pershing.com slash go independent. Pershing Advisor Solutions, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com.